LinkedIn presents. It's like the best thing to me. It's like better than any deal I ever closed. Just being able to like get a commission check and like, okay, I have the financial to be able to take my parent on vacation, to go home whenever I needed to show my parent that, you know, like their sacrifice of migrating the family here to America is paying off. Like I'm independent and I'm here and I'm representing, you know, Asian women in sales and I'm not backing down because there's not a lot of me out there. No degree, no problem. Any problem we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow or subscribe button. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends, invite them to subscribe, and connect with us on social media. So today I have a special guest, Lin Nguyen, who works in sales. Can you describe a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my name is Lin, um, and I am currently working for... uh, a startup. I work in tech sales. So basically my job is to bring in customers, to reach out to a potential customer, do qualifications, and basically building out the outreach and the top of the funnel for the sales. Wow. So what's your title? My current title is business development. Okay. Business development. Now let's kind of talk about like money, right? Because a lot of people say tech sales, tech sales, get in, you make lots of money. But what's the realistic salary for people in tech sales? Like when you're starting and then after like two to three years and maybe three to five years? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think so for me, when I first started, I would say my first years of salary, you know, right out the gate was about 65. Okay. And I know people that make more than that and it's a split between base salary and commission. So the potential to make more is a lot. And through this career, you could divert from, you know, usually go business development and then you go to the account executive where you close the role and then the the deal and then or you could become like a customer success managers and so depending how big of the company that you want to go after if it's a small company a mid-size market and an enterprise company the potential to earn more money is, is a lot i know a lot of people you know who make majority of people that i've known work in the current job that i have you know, right now is making six figures. I know Salesler that out there, enterprise company that could make like up to a million dollars. So it's really just however much you're willing to put in the work and what is the career path that you want to take with this job. You know what? I did a resume for someone who made a million dollars and they were in sales, right? So sales is one of those areas where you can definitely make a lot of money. Now, you've done pretty well and sales is a very competitive area. It's one of those that if you don't make it, you're just going to get, you're going to get fired. It's just how it is. Like you have your quotas yeah. and your numbers. So what would you say is a blueprint for success? I would say for somebody to be in sales, um, you do need to kind of understand what your strength is. And like, I think this is one of the jobs because I don't have a college degree. It's kind of like when you get in, like you don't need a lot of college degree to be able to be successful in this roles. And it's just a lot about grit, how much you learn, how much work you're willing to put in. You get rejected a lot. 
just like anything in life, you know, you get a lot of no, but I think it just getting used to that and, and looking at it is like, okay, I get no, how do I constantly evolving the way that I reach out to people? How do I evolve myself as a seller? What skill set do I need over time? And I would say it's a really good career. Personally, for me, it did a lot for me. And even if I decided not to pursue this career, I know a lot of CEO right now that came from the role of business development. So in the role of itself, you do get the skill for pretty much the rest of your life, whatever it is that you decided to do after, like every business, you know, if you wanted to have your business afterward, you, the skill set is pretty transferable. Yeah. I would say. I mean, look. Everything is sales. It's about communication. It's about understanding. And the fact is you always get rejected in whatever capacity in life. And it's the strategies and that resilience and that personality and communication that will really take you far. So let's take it back. How was high school like for you? And what did you want to be in high school? High school was rough. <laughs> so I was an immigrant. So I migrated from Vietnam to the U.S. when I was 16 years old. So I went to uh, sophomore years in in the U.S. and it was definitely challenging. I mean, definitely somebody coming from Vietnam. I grew up in Vietnam most of my life. And when I migrated, English was definitely a challenge for me just to like assimilate it, trying to understand what everyone talking about. And it was really hard. It was hard to assimilate. It's hard to to figure out what it is that I wanted to do with my life without even the language <laughs> barriers there. Um, so I would say, but it did teach me a lot. Um, and then after high school, you know, you have to thinking about college and that when it kind of hit home for me, it's like, I didn't know enough about this language. I don't know enough about the culture here to know what it is that I wanted to do with my life. And I tried to go to community college, worked really, really hard to pay for community college. And then by the time I have to transfer to university, I realized that there is no way I could make enough money to pay for university. You know, it didn't make sense to me to take out a loan to study something that I I don't love. I don't see a career path in just to own so much money later on. And so that's kind of when I decided I'm going to take matter into my own hand. I'm just going to go out and see what's out there. Because the alternative is is owning a lot of money and feeling trapped in a career that I don't love later on. So I decided to drop out. It was not an easy conversation for with my parents, but I ended up working really, really hard and then, you know, doing a lot of networking and then eventually know a friend that working for a startup and she recommended that I apply for the sales job. And then eventually I did and I got the role. Wow. That's, that's kind of how it all started. That's amazing. Did you have any other jobs before that? Yeah, I was a waitress for five years. So I worked a lot of different jobs. I was a waitress when I was in high school to learn English because my parents owned a little far restaurant. So I don't go to any like extra curriculum or any sport or anything like that after high school. I just go to school and then go home and go back to the restaurant and started working. And so, and I really love being a waitress. I've learned so much from the job. I work for multiple different restaurants. I love serving my customer. I love being in customer service. I was really good at that. And I work at the mall. I worked at selling lotions. So there was a lot of job that I was doing with different small businesses. 
And that's kind of now translating into my career, wanting to working for a startup because I have such a passion for small startup and small businesses. But I remember there was one day where I was working a lot. I think it was like 80, 60 hours a week working to job at two different restaurants and I injured myself. And I just remember one day wake up and I couldn't walk. And that was pretty crazy. My partner at the time had to like pick me up from the bed, drive me to the hospital and for the doctor to tell me that, you know, you have been on your feet so much that you injure like the muscle at the bottom of your feet. So I ended up passed for like two months. And that's when my family is like, you need health insurance. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of kickstart the process of me of like, okay, I need health insurance. How am I going to do that? And starting the job search like process. Yeah. Okay. So how was the job search process? It was definitely challenging, I would say, but I think I did try to look a lot into it. Um, one of my friends was working for a startup and she's recommend that I just apply. I didn't know at the time what the role was about, anything like that. But, you know, she put in a good word, a reference for me. And then I talked to the hiring managers. I think I also got really lucky at the time that the company was hiring a lot of people as well. And there was very value, the diversity. And so we talk on the phone and the next day I go into an office for an actual interview in person and I got the job then. How was it having a corporate type job? It was very interesting. I would say like uh, the first couple of years, it was definitely a honeymoon. I just think about it as like, wow, like I migrate here and somehow without a college degree, I was able to get myself into the door. And so it's a lot of learning. It was I got the job when I was 21. So that my first couple of years was my college. I learned everything that I need to about business, business development, what sales is, how to be successful in sales, you know, what is the different type of role, what the product is, what is SaaS, um, yeah. what am I selling, you know, how do I get people to keep me their time, how to cold call, how to write emails. Um, it was really fun because I get to be very creative. There's a lot of things that we did at the startup five years ago to just get people attentions because the product we were selling was nobody ever sold that in the market before. So how do you sell? for such a brand new product. So a lot of learning, I would say. Um, but I had a really good team. Majority of my team was very diverse. And majority of them are also doesn't have a college degree. So it's like this camaraderie feeling of like, you know, we in this together, like we win as a team. And that was a really good experience. Yeah. Now, if someone is trying to break into sales, for them to have an easier transition, are there any books or courses that you would recommend so they have a more realistic understanding of what they're getting into? Yeah, I think now in the market, there are so many resources for SDR to be able to break into tech. You could like take courses. I know there's a lot of like organizations out there that help train you and teach you what sales is. I think Trainio is yeah. one of them. But there is a lot of resource out there for SDR to be able to, to get the job and as a matter of fact, when I was talking to a few people a couple of weeks ago who were trying to break into tech, I would say, you know, treat the the job search as an SDR role because you are asking people for the time. And as a matter of fact, you're asking people for a job. So, hey, are you frustrated with your job search? Are you sending out resume after resume with no callbacks? If so, I have some good news. After three years of helping over 400 people land jobs at places like Meta, 
HubSpot, Google, Twitter, Amazon, Tesla, Disney, Sony, just to name a few, I created a course. In the Get Your Dream Career course, you'll discover best practices for creating a resume that stands out, and you'll also learn how to optimize your job search. It covers every aspect of the job, including resumes, application strategy, networking, LinkedIn profile optimization, interview guidance, and salary negotiation. You will also get a behind-the-scenes view of how recruiters use LinkedIn to find candidates. And of course, you'll get resume and cover letter templates. Get one step closer to your dream job. Sign up at the link in the notes below. Treat it like how you would do if you go into an actual SDR role. There's YouTube out there. There's so many resources, I would say, versus back then when I first started, I don't, like five, six years ago, there wasn't a lot out there beside the company that I was working at. And you know, if you see a company that you wanted to break into, message the SDR at that company, talk to them, buy them coffee, just ask for any advice they would give you. One thing that I found down is that peoples are really, really nice and people want you to be successful and peoples are very much willing to help. Yeah. So you had the SDR role. Now, what came after that? So I was an SDR for three years working for the company and it got acquired multiple times. So it was a really cool experience to go from a startup to like a mid-market to an actual like Fortune 500 company. And afterwards, I was trying really, really hard to get promoted internally with Facebook, a lot resistant. And so that's when I decided if you are trying to get promoted internally for a long time and you didn't get it, trying to look elsewhere. Sometimes, you know, your time with the company, it's just that. And so I ended up going back into the startup wars and um, become an SDR again for a startup and trying to kind of promote myself and working towards an AE and then customer success managers. And so, and now I'm back as an SDR role. So I switched industry three times now um, within my careers. And I just love the roles of SDR. I think it's like such a great role for you to breaking into any company in any industry to learn everything from the ground up to be able to build your career on that. Now, what is like the day-to-day of an SDR? Yeah, so the day-to-day of an SDR consists of, you know, outreaching via multiple channels. So you could do cold calling, email, sending video, outreach on LinkedIn, but it basically consists of creating a patterns and um, the top of the funnel. So there is a lot of prospecting, a lot of researching and outreaching. So you do the outreach and then I guess you do intro calls with them? Yeah. So sometime depending on the role, you do the first introduction call with them, trying to qualify them before you, you pass it on to the account executive, depending on the company that you're with sometime, you know, if the company is small enough, you kind of just be able to do the first call with the account executive as well. But I would say if you have an opportunity to, trying to learn how to do the first call um, because that helped you a lot in terms of being able to talk about the product and talk to the customer and understand, you know, what is it that the customer is looking for? It's the product that you're selling, solving the problem that they're currently facing. And that would be able to help you understand, like, who is the right customer to reach out to because your success is equate to the account executive success. And if you be able to work as a team, you know, the success rate would be much higher than if you're working 
by yourself. What are some misconceptions that people have about sales? That's a really good question. I do get these questions a lot. I mean, in especially as an immigrant, I think when I tell my parents that I'm in sales, everyone's like, why? You know? Um, so I don't know. I think like, especially if you grew up in America, it's like you see salespeople, when you talk about sales, you think of, you know, a person selling you a car and they were just trying to like get money out of you. But it's a very different DNA of selling now. Now with the internet, it's like when everyone can do research nowadays and more often than not, people go out, do their research before they decided to talk to you. So by the time they talk to you, it's less so about like, you know, what it is that you're selling, but more so about like, how are you currently solving their problem right now? And so I think just the misconception of sales is that it's hard and that the rejection is definitely really hard, but just like everything in life, you know, you are getting a lot of no before you're getting the yes, but each no, help me look at rejections at like a redirections. Yeah. That's kind of how I look at it. Every single job that I didn't get, every single opportunity or every single person that say, no, I don't want to talk to you is kind of guided me to was, okay, this is not the right person. How do I get the right person to be able to talk to? And sometimes it that one, yes, that make all the difference is, it, you know, it got me the job that I want. It helped me build my career. It helped me get that opportunity that's going to make me a lot of money later. So anything is hard, but I think just kind of how you look at it. And I definitely think like there is ethical way to do sales. And I think it's a great skill set that everybody should have or trying to learn in their lifetime. Now, how's it being an Asian woman in sales? It's lonely. <laughs> I, I would say I don't see a lot of people that look like me. Uh, there's, you know, there is a lot of comments that are made, but I do think, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to be in sales is because for the six years that I worked in this industry, not a lot of people that look like me. And I think for a period of time, it was difficult for me to see myself being in the industry for a long time. But then I kind of look at now I'm looking at it's like, you know, because I don't see a lot of people look like me, it gave me more of the reason to continue being in the industry. So 16 years of me, you know, whoever she is now, she could see that the same last name. Like I notice when I'm on LinkedIn and I see people with my last name, I get inspired. I'm just like, wow, okay. So we're in here, but you know, it just, it just, the representation is still very limited. And so give me more of the reason why I wanted to do this. I want to share my story. And so other people see that if I can do it, if I can go from, you know, not speaking English and working in a job that required me to talk a lot, anybody can do this. Yeah, no, I love that. What's something that you want to change for Asian women in sales? I definitely, first thing first, I want to see more Asian women being in sales. You know, I have like the first the first couple of salesperson that in my life is my mom and my aunties. And I know we can do this. I think it just never been taught before. It, it wasn't a normal career path for anybody, for Asian, you know, women. Like we hear our parents say, like, you should be in the medical field. You should be an engineer. You should be a lawyer. But nobody go to the kid and like, oh, you know, maybe you should be a business development. It, it just wasn't like a career that 
we were aware of. So I think there's need to be a lot more education in terms of like, there are so many different career paths out there and you get to choose what work for you. And it could be sales because if you're money motivated, why not try it? It's like so low risk and it's a great skill set to have for whatever endeavor later on in your life that you want to go to. So I, I want to change that. I want it to see more people that look like me being in sales I want to encourage people to share their story, why they're being sold, the struggle that they face. And then we have that, you know, we have normalized that. There is so many different styling of selling that I think having a diversity in sales would definitely help like change the narrative of sales. If you see a lot more diversity in sales, you're like, okay, sales is not just like, you know, that car seller. Like that's not the only way to sell. There is so many different type of way that you could sell to people and just pick what worked for you. There's no like one answer. So yeah, I think just bringing more diversity into this industry, having people sharing their story and trying to change the industry from that perspective. Now, what mistakes have you made? Oh man, I make so many different mistakes that I make early on in my career. And I'm still making mistakes these days, but these days I think I look at mistake as like, it's like a gift. It's like, you know, every time I make a mistake, it's, I love to break things, especially when you work in startup, you know, you don't have time to wait for the right plan. Sometimes you just gotta like, okay, I just wanted to try a lot of different things. And like, you have to try so many things before you can find something that worked for you. And I think one of the mistakes that I make early on in my career is like, doing too much research and like getting way in my head about like what I should say, you know, does this sentence sounds good? Is like, is this perfect before I hit send? But sometimes you just got to make the mistake and like keep track of what you did, what didn't work and look back at it and trying to redefine it, you know, change the word this way. Um, maybe you should talk it in a different language, you know, like maybe add this or remove that. But don't wait until it's perfect to do it because it's just about the repetitions. You're not going to get it the first try. So every day now I look at mistake as like, ah, okay, that's what I could work on versus like back then I would, you know, do the same thing and expect different results, which is kind of definition of insanity. Sometimes you're just like, I did this. I, I sent this many email. I called this many people. Nothing worked. But then you keep doing that because you're so afraid of trying something new. And so if I was to talk to myself five years ago, I'd be like, just try something new. Just do it. And you're going to get better. You cannot get worse. That's something that I always want to tell myself. You cannot get worse. Like it doesn't work that way. The more you do it, you're going to get better at it. So just just do it. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, like that's the beauty of sales is just like, you could keep doing it. You could keep getting better and all that. Now, you obviously have coworkers. You have friends who get into sales. Who are the people that get in and don't do well and leave? Um, I think there is a lot of factor when you think about sales. I think when it comes to sales, it's a lot of the mental game. And especially, I do see that a lot of my coworkers who decided to not continue to do sales all of them 
still be able to use that skill that they got in sales into the job search, into the interview process, into whatever else that they decided to go to. Um, you don't have to stay in sales, but you can if you choose to. But like, it's like that, that entry way for you to become like, I have friends that started in sales and now become engineering. I have friends that started in sales that go to marketing. I have friends that started in sales that go to support. So it just like an entryway for you to get in the door, but you don't have to stay in sales. And I think it's all just personal choice. You know, sometimes it's like you did this and you're like, okay, I'm good at it, but I find myself more inclined into helping the customer. I find myself more inclined into learning the technical aspect of it. And some people enjoy the stability of having, you know, the same amount of money coming in every month. They don't like the fluctuates of the... If I'm going to hit my number this month, and I'm not going to hit my number next month. And I think it's just up to the personal reference. Yeah, I would say in terms of my career, I think my biggest accomplishment is to be able to use what I know in my career and help my family run the business. So throughout my time being in sales, I'm the only person in my family who's work in sales. And so when my family did a transition from um, me and my sister helped my parents transition their pho shop restaurant into a bubble tea shop. It's been one year's anniversary since then. So this happened last year. But when we were going through that transitions, all of the skill set that I've learned in my career helped me to have the confidence to be able to help them like negotiate with vendor, being able to Think of a plan into making the business, you know, like strategically thinking, like, how are we going to be able to advertise our product to people? How are we going to sell? What is like the way that we can sell to the market? Because bubble tea is very Asian focused, but like, how do we change the narrative to be able to include all the customer in, you know, like Caucasians and, and anybody else who wanted to try bubble tea, but is so afraid of trying it. So like, there is a way that we can make it, you know, like just understanding the market that we're trying to market to and understand what is that challenges is when they wanted to try something new like bubble tea. I think all of that come together so nicely in terms of helping me being able to work with my sister and be that person to like, you know, I'm going to be going to negotiate with vendor this way. This is what we're looking for in a vendor. And this has how we use to negotiate and being able to establish our business. And I think that was probably one of my biggest accomplishments, like just being able to see that translate into my family business and seeing that as a way to kind of help my parents, you know, transition into retirement is it's bigger than any amount of money that I've been able to make. And also through my job, I was able to like, buy my parent ticket to Hawaii. Yeah. Like that is like the best thing to me. It's like better than any deal I ever closed. Just being able to like get a commission check and like, okay, I have the financial to be able to take my parent on vacation, to go home whenever I needed to show my parent that, you know, like their sacrifice of migrating the family here to America is paying off. Like I'm independent and I'm here and I'm representing, you know, Asian women in sales and I'm not backing down because there's not a lot of me out there. And so, yeah, I think that's one of the things that keeping me in this industry and 
it keep me going every day. Yeah. <laughs> because it's very hard, especially in this economy. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's definitely tough and it it's so cool. Now, how did working in sales like help you with the boba shop? I think because working in sales, you kind of become your own business owner, right? You are responsible for your pipeline. You are responsible for your success every single month. You're responsible, like whether or not you get to keep your job is whether or not you hit your quota. So every month or every quarter, you get out how much you put in. And I think that mentality helped me being able to just think of like a business owner when I started working with my family, like, okay, like if we wanted to, you know, do this, we need to think about revenue. How do we revenue? And then it's also like, what is the activity that going to bring us more revenue? What is kind of like strategic partnership? Who do we need to reach out to? Um, There is a lot that having a sales skill translating into, you know, opening your shop or opening your business because revenue is how you indicate the success of the business, right? And then, you know, negotiate with vendor. How do you make sure that you will be able to work with vendor? How do you be able to negotiate? What aspect is important to you when working with a vendor? You know, time, like I need things to be there on time for me. I need the best customer support. So being able to work in sales gave me a lot of leverage and to be able to like, help my family like, okay, we need this. So we need to ask for this. This is a criteria that we need to have when we go out and looking for a vendor that's going to give us supply. Like all of those things kind of come pretty nicely together. And I remember early in my career too, when a CEO gave a talk, it was like four years ago and he was, you know, talking about, you know, I started out as an SDR. And I think that the first time that I was like, huh, so this job could take you anywhere. Just kind of how you look at it. Yeah, I love that. Now, looking back, what was the hardest thing you ever went through? I think one of the hardest things that I ever went through, it just, you know, I think the imposter syndrome, being an immigrant and having English be my second language. Like, how do I, how do I confidently speaking to people when I am still you know, very unsure of the way that I speak. I'm very insecure about that. And just dealing with, you know, how people look at me when I mess up my English. And I think working through that, working through my insecurity, working through, you know, just taking the rejections as a redirections helped me a lot. There is this notion that like, you know, you have to speak perfect English, but there is not because I found myself become really successful when doing like international deal. I work with company, you know, who is not in the U.S. And the way that you speak English, as long as you have a clear communication, it doesn't like dictate how successful you are in sales. I wouldn't say so. And also like, you know, just from my background, not having a college degree, sometimes you stay, I stay at a job longer than I wanted to because of the insecurity that I have. But when I look at it as like, you know, I was able to get this far with all of those like adversity in my life. What's stopping me from getting the job that I really wanted to? And it is a challenging industry. It's, it's challenging to navigate, you know, the the lack of diversity. It's challenging to navigate the constant rejections, but it also 
helped me build a level of resiliency that I think pay dividend in futures and and also in my current career. Like every no these days is like, okay, you don't want to talk to me. You're not the right person. Every no five years ago would be like, oh my God, I'm terrible. I am so bad at this. Yeah. <laughs> and I need to quit and leave the country. But, you know, it get better. It get better. Yeah. You know, I was the president of a Toastmasters club and it had a lot of international speakers. And I always tell people, people are not really going to judge you on you saying things incorrectly. Yeah, there are some people, but honestly, they're jerks and they would find another reason to judge you. It's more about getting that emotion and passion and that friendliness, right? Because it's like, hey, when you, if you say in, things incorrectly to me, for me, it's like, whatever, it's not a big deal. It's like, I see that you're here, you're sharing, you're friendly, you're here to support me, I'm here to support you. And that's what's important. I think so many people forget that, that it's about that human connection. And then you even have kids, right, who don't speak and they just play without even knowing how to speak, right? And that's the power of communication, and it's something that you get better and that confidence goes such a long way. So now this is going to be a very interesting question. If you saw 18-year-old Lynn walking across the street, what would you tell her? I, like what advice yeah. would I give her? Okay, And what would, would you tell her? Like what would you talk to her about too? <laughs> I would tell her that, you know, it, I mean, if I just saw on the street, I'd be like, hey, I hope you're doing well today. You know, you're doing fine, whatever it is you know, going on in your life, wherever you are, you are doing great and you figure it out. That's what probably I would say. But like if I were to have to give an advice to 18 years old Lynn at the time, dropping out of college and just like, what am I doing with my life? I would say just follow what it is at the time that you were doing really, really well at. I think at the time I was a waitress. I was really good at that. And so just being able to hone in on that, what aspect of the current job that you have that you really like. I remember I love talking to people. I didn't even speak English. Like I didn't speak English that well, but I love talking to people. (laughs) What is this? You know, so follow that, whatever. And I also think that like, even if you're not ready, do it, do it anyway, do it scare, do it unprepared, just do it because Now in my career, and I've been doing this for so long, nobody knows what they're doing. (laughs) And I keep hearing that theme coming up over again with a lot of people. It's like, nobody knows what they're doing. So, you know, if opportunity come present to you, take it and run with it. Like I would say, don't wait for the best decision. Don't wait to make the best decisions. Make the decisions and make sure that that is the best decision for you. And I think that so far have been like the best advice instead of like, just wondering, okay, should I do this? Should I do this? Is this going to be a better decision than this? I tend to, you know, just like, okay, it's like Mary Kondo, your life, you know, like, does this bring joy? Does this spark joy? Whatever it is that, that make you feel excited, even if you're not ready, go for it. And you learn to, to, to make the best decision, to make it become the best decision. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Now, is there anything you want to share that you haven't shared already? I would say that, you know, if you are listening to this podcast right now, wherever you are and whatever direction you decided to go, whether it's like considering, you know, being in sales, um, breaking into tech, I wanted to share that, you know, like a lot of time, especially in, in, in this society, people put so much 
value into their job and especially into sales, I've had been really trying to unlearn some of those beliefs that I have for myself, especially being in sales, is that my work is my life. And um, it's a long process, but you know, like wherever you are, you're going to be just fine. You know, you, you are loved, you're worthy and whatever job or career you decided to go to doesn't make you any less worthy or valuable or lesser. So just follow your heart and you'll be fine. Yeah, what a great way to end the episode. I just want to thank you so much for your time, Lynn. Check out her bubble tea shop. It's in Seattle. <laughs> if you're in Seattle. Yeah, yes. let her know you listen to the podcast and I'm going to go check it out. I'm really excited. But thank you so much for sharing everything. Have a good day. Thank you so much. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast. On Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree inc. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com.